This is the Alarm Entourage. Dylan Peters on the bass, Smiley on vocals. Hi, Peters, and I've been filmed by Jill. Jules, this is all getting very complicated, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think just to ring the changes today, because we've been on tour for three weeks now, they're trying a slightly different approach to sound checking. So could this be the next generation of the alarm we're looking at on stage at the moment? Three members of the Peters family and Smiley on bass. Who knows? I wonder what they're going to do. Let's hear this. It was a huge drive last night. We were in Spokane in uh, Washington and we drove over 500 miles, probably 580 miles. So many of us took a chance to uh, do the driving. I did three hours. But we're still fresh, as you can tell. Mike's now going to do a song you'll know with his lads. I wish you could see the smile on Evan's face at the moment. And the cool is Dullan, Dylan's eyes. I keep calling him Dullan because that's the Welsh pronunciation. Is he going to do the drum fill? There we go. No trouble. Knock, knock, knocking on Evan Peters' drums. I think Smiley's out of a job if he wants to stay in the drummer in this band. I love Evan's interpretation of the drum fills. And Dylan looks very cool with one of James's guitars. Very rare special version. Jules is here. 
Look at the smile on your face. <laughs> I know. It is, um, it, it's hard to explain how, how happy it makes me feel to watch father and son sort of play together. You and me both, girl. Me too. I get it. She's going to get very loud. The Osmonds aren't the only family group from Salt Lake City now. Yeah, exactly. The new Osmonds, the Peters. <laughs> I wonder if they can play Crazy Horses. That was lovely. <laughs> I've borrowed Dylan and Evan for a moment. The smiles on your faces are huge. Have you ever played that song with your dad before? No, we haven't. Ever? No, haven't. So how do you know it? Just messing around, playing the guitar, having fun. And, and getting the drum fills, like the alarm version, Ev. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. Come over here, boys. It's a bit loud. Let's go somewhere quiet where we can talk. Now... I need these guys to uh, tell the story of what they're doing on this tour because they're not passengers. Dylan, what would you say your responsibilities on this tour are? What sort of things you're doing? Selling the merch, setting the drums, no, packing it down. Hang on, there's an argument. What, what, what's that, Ev? I do the drums, he doesn't. I think we do the drums, yeah, don't we? we do the drums. Yeah. We we, yeah. You set them up, yeah. but I help put them down. Yeah. yeah, it's Ev, you and me put them away, and you two put them up. Am I right? Yeah. Okay, good. And what else are you doing, Ev, apart from... Uh, you do, you're doing merch as well? Yeah. But you're also the runner. If ever there's anything that... Both of you, if anything needs moving around, you're the guys who do that. Are you enjoying it? Yeah, it's really good. It's brilliant. It's brilliant being out here. Yeah, 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 have you had a favourite moment or a favourite stage, favourite gig, Dylan, yet? They've all been good, but I've enjoyed playing golf out here. Yeah, tell me about the golf. Where did you play? What, you know, how did you get on? It's been really good. They were like championship courses, so it's it's well, very difficult. Say again, Ev. Snoqualmie Ridge was the championship course. <laughs> Say closer to the microphone. You keep drifting off. Now, we need to work on your microphone technique, boys, if you're going to be rock and roll stars. Yeah. Listen, how is your band going? Third generation. Is it on pause at the moment? What Have you got plans? What are your plans? Yeah, well, before we came out, we played um, the Blue Line. It went went all right. That's a pub in Cum, yeah, where yeah, you live. Yeah, pub in Cum. So it's a bit like a, a leaving ceremony type thing for us to go. It wasn't so. really the place for a drum kit to be played. 
It was a bit the, small, was it? Yeah, and like it, w- it was too loud in there. So, do you get a chance to play with a full monitor setup like you just did very often? Mm. You've done it before. We played at Snowden and the Gathering with a full monitor, but that's it. In fact, I played in the band with you, didn't I? When we did uh, Zip Rock last time. Yeah, it was really good, that. Your dad invited me on stage to play bass about half a second before he told me what song we were going to do. (laughs) Your dad's complicated, isn't he? Uh, Tell me more about Third Generation, the lineup of the band, who does what? So, Carwin is the singer. Well, as a nickname, we call him Kangi. Kangi. I play lead, and Evan plays the drums. And then Kangi sings as well. But you, you're missing a member of the band, aren't bass, you? Bass player. What are you going to do about it? Well, I play a bit of bass, not we, too we much, but we, we can all play bass, really. But you can't play bass when you're playing drums, yes, Ev. No, but like um, Dylan can sometimes play bass on one song and then Kangi does guitar and then, or they swap it, Kangi does bass and then Dylan plays the guitar on it. I reckon you should convince Kangi to play bass and sing. Yeah. And then you've got the full lineup, you know? Yeah, yeah. Do you do any alarm songs? No. Well, when we jam, we do a bit, a bit of alarm songs. Which ones? Strength, oh, 5 right. RPM, Super, uh, Super Channel. I'd love to hear your version of 45 RPM. That would be fascinating. I wonder if we can convince your dad to put it out as an extra track on the next album, a secret track in the end. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Are you writing your own tunes yet? Me and Kangi. What's that, Ev? Me and Kangi. We all have wrote one. Yeah, really. Got any titles you want to tell me? What are they called? Um, The first one was... um, I forgot it now. Can Um, you remember, Dale? Um, was it I Love that Girls? Thought, that thought. That thought? Yeah. That's a good name for a song. I thought you were going to say I Love Girls. Have <laughs> you met any girls over here yet, boys? Hang on, how old are you now? 15? Yeah. And you're 36? <laughs> yeah. Or 12, which is it? 12. 12. And you haven't met any girls yet over here? No. Well, we'll have to do something about that, won't we? Yeah. But when they see you playing in the band on stage, they will come running after you. That's generally how it works. Yeah, yeah. thanks boys nice to see you see you later I've got to talk to mum and dad about this now listen to this they are beaming I think they're about to have their photo taken or something by a badge of what no no how was that (laughs) it was great fun wasn't it (laughs) I could see you filling up Jules it was a bit emotional I found it emotional I'm not their dad or (laughs) mum It's a proud parent moment. You've never played that with them before, have you? Well, a little bit here, there. You know, we always play music in the house, so uh, they, but not not on a massive stage like that in a way. And uh, they've really come of age on this tour. They're they're techie and they're crewing, they're assistant tour managing, on the merchandising stand. They're really becoming uh, young adults now. Yeah, (laughs) they are. He's only twelve. Yeah, yeah. He's so helpful on the road. Helpful and proactive. If ever I need anything, Ev's there. What do you need? And if ever I ask Dylan for anything, he's done it before. You know, anyone paid on the crew. I mean, stringing my guitars and everything. Oh yeah, making the honey and lemon. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. 
I know you do. Emma. What's that? What did he say? He says he makes honey and lemon. <laughs> they both claim everything yeah, all the time, do, don't they? They, they, they do, do have a rather bossy mother in the background, <laughs> I must say, that they know if they're not doing something that I would give them a job to do. Because I think it's important that they get the work ethic. Um, I cannot bear seeing people sitting around on their backside, so I'm always moving them on. And, you know, music, I think everybody's got it in them to play music. Yeah, absolutely. And when people say to me, oh, they're so good at playing piano, I don't think they're any t- more talented than the next kids. It's just that they do a little bit every day. Practice makes perfect. And that they're now really good little musicians, but no better than anyone else. Just, uh, just a few more opportunities, in. that's all. It's all about a broad range of opportunities when you're little. Give your kids the broadest base they can, and they will build a pyramid on it, and they will get to where they want to be. That's at the right, absolutely. That's the analogy, Gary. Yeah, that's exactly how we've done it. Football's out now, so look out. Uh oh. Uh oh. I won't attempt. Soccer ball, as they call it. Soccer ball, right? You're going to play get soccer off your ball. Get device, Dylan. This is a huge venue here in Salt Lake City today, isn't it? It's, it's, a, it's called venue. the Complex, is it? Yeah, it's a. Well, it's a complex of venues, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah. We're very complex, playing the complex. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a great night tonight. Really good good audience come in. It's going to be amazing. How's your tour going? Sorry, we have friends here as well. Yeah, and Salt Lake City is quite important to us. We've always had some kind of affinity with the Mormon culture, which we can't quite explain, but <laughs> I have a lot of lovely Mormon friends, and I really do value their friendship. And So we're looking forward to tonight to seeing Richard Reese, who is the forefather... Uh, we're the founding of the founding, of the founding Founder of the Founders, of as we call strength, it, of yeah. Love Hope Strength. He brought us all together when he, because he lives in Austin, Texas, but he's from Salt Lake City. And then we've got Russ Kendall coming, who's the director of Man in the Camo Jacket film, who we met through the song that changed my life. So, A man I'm looking forward to, I hope, get a chance to interview a little bit later. Yeah, I mean, you think, you know, the killers are from around here, and they, they sung Raid in the Summertime in Cardiff, so maybe some of them will turn up tonight. Who knows? Really? I wonder if they're in town. Look at that smile. There's something going on I don't know about here. Uh-oh. Well, we'll find out what that is later. As an Alarm fan listening to this, I'm guessing that you've seen the movie The Man in the Camo Jacket, which is something, I have to admit, I haven't seen. I know I'm in it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sitting right now to I'm the man. Right now. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry about sorry. that. I've been busy. Sorry. I'm sitting right now next to the man who made it, Russ Kendall. Russ, it's Kaleidoscope Pictures, your yes. firm, Kleidoscope isn't it? Pictures, yeah. How did you... it come about then? Was it? It wasn't the first thing you did with the alarm, was it? Uh, it actually was. Oh no, no, no. I'm sorry. Backing up. Uh, yeah, seven years ago this summer, I uh, went to uh, to Wales and spent about a week with uh, with Mike and Jules and the, and the boys. Uh, I was producing and directing a TV series called The Song That Changed My Life, uh-huh. and uh, I grew up as an Alarm fan, and, um, you know, there's certainly songs of, of Mike's that have, you know, changed and affected my life, and so it was great to go and explore with him the songs and uh, that changed him, formed him as a musician, as a person, and get to and know it, him. And, and it was a big country song, it was one of the songs that he chose, this, wasn't it? He did, um, you know, big country, he tells the story of when, you know, he was going through his cancer treatments and he, and he was listening, you know, kind of on shuffle, I think, you know, through all of, you know, songs on his, on his iPod, and, uh, you know, big country, into big country came on and it's, uh, you know, stay alive, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. you know, just that, uh, 
resonated. Almost, almost written for him, you might say. Exactly. exactly. Well, we used to, jump, yeah. you know, Mike and I lived in a, a flat together in London in the early 80s, and uh, we listened to a lot of big country, and I remember jumping around from bed to bed yeah. listening to it. So the fact that he became the singer in that band for a short while yeah. was bizarre yeah, it's, and it's wonderful. Twists and turns in life. It's like, who's scripting this? Now, tell me yes. about the man in the camo jacket. Not about the bits that I, I'm in, because I know you Those interviewed me. Those are the best bits. <laughs> Those bring the biggest laughs every time we have, you know, screen it up. What on earth did I say? I can't fantastic. even remember. Yeah, you'll have to watch it. <laughs> okay, I will. Mike gave me a coffee uh, okay. the, about a week before we came out yeah. here, so as soon as I get home, I will watch yeah, it. What's been the response to the movie? Uh, it's, it's been received really, really well. Um, you know, people, you know, are drawn to it for a number of reasons. You know, one, the music, um, uh, but also just the story of, you know, an individual with such indomitable spirit. You know, no matter what the, the challenge is, whatever the uh, obstacles Mike's facing, whether it's, and Jules, uh, whether it's the cancer, the IVF, um, they had to go through and now Jules' battle, which isn't in the film, but just the way they face, you know, challenges. You know, you'd almost think they're superhuman, you know, but... Um, yeah, so audience of you know audiences have found you know something they can really connect with, and, and it goes beyond just a music doc. What was it then? Where was the germ of the idea? Was it something that you approached Mike about, or did Mike say to you, "Why don't you make a film about us?" Yeah, that's a good question. Um, when I was there uh, filming the TV series, as we dove in, it was just it was pretty evident that there was so much more obviously to, to his story, um, whether it's the alarm and, and everything since then, that we needed more than just a, a half-hour TV show. And I can actually remember uh, it, was, it was raining, standing in front of, you know, across from uh, Disler Falls and in front of the chapel, uh, talking with Jules, and we're just like, we need to do something more. We need to continue this. And talked about doing something, you know, longer, you know, a uh, you know, documentary. And uh, at the same time, um, James Chippendale and, and Stosh, uh, who had you know been part of the uh, uh, the climbs to Everest had done uh, documentaries um, what is it the uh, the Everest uh, rocks yeah. documentary yeah they were also you know exploring a documentary on love hope strength and uh, we partnered up and decided you know what let's you know they trusted me and you know to kind of take the lead and kind of merge the two you know doing a you know full documentary that took love hope strength and also Mike and Jules and just all the pieces to this story and trying to put it into one documentary which it should be three or four actually so. I, I think that's the thing about the alarm I've interviewed lots of bands over the yeah. years and uh, I always make the joke that you know they're always going to answer you with well we're basically we want the new album to have a live yeah. feel we've gone back to our roots and that's about all you get yeah. but with the alarm if you engage with the alarm mm-hmm. you don't just get a band you get a a sort of a commitment, you get a, a charity, you get an understanding of the important things yeah. in life. You get a community. You're so. right, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. Does that come across in the film? I mean, do you get, did you talk to the fans as well in the film? You know, we didn't, actually. Um, talked to a lot of uh, Mike's peers, uh, musicians, uh, former, uh, I mean, bandmates, uh, as yeah. well as record label uh, executives, um, TV hosts, Martha Quinn, yeah. uh, yourself. I mean, you started yeah. off in the early years and uh, with with the band, and um, yeah, I mean, just the common thing was, I don't know how he does it. I mean, everybody's just like, man, he's got just the energy. I don't know how he does it. I've you know? known him forty yeah. years, and I still yeah. don't understand yeah. how he achieves what he does. Yeah. I do understand this that Mike forms long alliances with people he along does. the way. You yes. know, wherever we've gone on this tour, we've met people who've met Mike who've 
built up this relationship with him. I'm, I'm one of them, you know, I, I'm yeah. no different. And I think you're a great example as well. But you don't live here in Salt Lake City. You're not far away, though, right? Uh, I live south of here, about an hour. Right. Uh, yeah. Well, it's lovely to bring the show to almost your hometown. Yes. It's absolutely. nice to have a sit down to talk to you. Yeah. And I promise Thank I you. will watch the movie. <laughs> Cheers. I don't know if you've ever wondered what it's like just before the alarm go on stage, but you're about to find out. We're at the Coliseum Theatre in Denver, Colorado. You can probably hear Smiley in the distance. What are you saying, Smiles? You're saying there's a strange man in a skirt walking around talking to himself late at night in that, Denver. That'll be me again. <laughs> it's usually me. How are you? You psyched? It's good. Oh. I'm good, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to be a hot one tonight, isn't it? It's going to be a very hot one. I've got a fan right behind me, which is great. I don't know what her name is. Hey! Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Mike and Jules and Smiles and James are walking from the bus, which is parked uh, no, 40 foot away from the stage door, and they're staying out here because it's much cooler out here than it is in the venue. Mike's gargling with honey and lemon, anaesthetising his... <laughs> New lyrics to Spirit of 76. Blah, 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 blah. Does it work? Castrol GTX for the voice, that is. That's what it is, lubrication. (laughs) I've got a harmonica for you. B flat, right one. How do you keep track of which harp you're playing? Lots of practice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, You've got five on stage, haven't you? Yeah, yeah. One's for the different keys of the songs because these are chromatic, so they just one's for the correct A minor, then it's a certain key, or if it's F, it's a different key, you know, all that kind of thing. But, uh, you learn as you go along, I suppose. So, what's going through your head now? Um, Honest uh, answer. Well, I think it's going to be a really hot gig tonight, so just got to make sure. Don't go off at a thousand miles an hour. Yeah, nine hundred and ninety-eight will do well, tonight. I'm excited. Yeah, you can, like it's a nice big crowd. Just where is it? And you can get you go off too fast and uh, get tired out, which yeah. we learned at Glasgow Barrelands. And in remember, we're at altitude here. The yeah. air pressure is lower. Our performance levels as yeah. athletes aren't what they should be. Fifth show on the trot. The voice is sounding good. It is, mate. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, you know just got a little bit of. Um, Game management. All right. Well, good luck with the game tonight. Can't wait, though. I'm going to go and introduce you. I'm going to record this. How am I going to get in the audience? That is the way in. That, through those stairs there. I'll be with you when you do that. Right. I'm going to go and force my way past these people to the side of the stage. Can I squeeze by, Jules? Can I ask if you mind? Hey, Patty. Ev's here. We have a couple of special guests here. Andy Lebrow, our tour manager, is running around like a madman, putting towels, drinks, playing cards on stage. Of course, you know why he's doing that, don't you? And uh, the four musicians are in very fine spirits. Mike's hugging Patrick, a friend of his from over here, who teaches Mike how to ski when he's in Aspen, Colorado, just up the road. I think... Any moment now, I'm going to get the signal to go and introduce the band. Yeah, ready to go, Andy? Yeah? Wait for it. Go, go, go. Go, 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 go. Here we go. I'm walking out onto the stage. Good evening in the Oriental. How are we? I'm recording this for the Alarm on Tour Age podcast which you can get from the Alarm website. If you like a podcast, you want to know what it's like to be on the bus with us, 10 smelly Welsh people for eight weeks. Listen to the Entourage podcast from wherever you get your podcast on thealarm.com. 
the only reason I'm allowed to do this sort of thing is that I've been connected to this band for over 40 years. And I know many of you have followed them since not long after that, so lovely to meet you. But here's something, look at this. In my screpan, which is a Welsh word for sporran, this thing, I have a record, I have a CD, it's called Sigma. And I'm very proud to say that the alarm Sigma is number one in the rock charts in the UK in the at the moment. So ladies and gentlemen of Denver, will you welcome please on stage the alarm! It's all about to get very distorted. I'm standing at the side of the stage, smiling, settling in. This is what it's like to see the alarm in America. It's noisy, there's a lot of whooping and hollering. they're off. Right, I'll leave them to do that, what they do, and I will uh, try and catch them as they come off stage and let you hear the conversation that goes on between Mike and the band after the set when they work out what the encore could or will be. See you in a bit. As you can hear, the band are playing the last song of the set, 68 Guns, of course. It's not always that. Things change a lot when the alarm goes on stage. Mike swaps the set list around and that affects the encores. So I thought you'd like to hear the conversation Mike has with the others when they come off stage and they decide what they're going to do. It's different every night. Here we go. I'm standing stage right, just behind Jules. Evan is with me. Andy, the tour manager, is with me. Smiley's off the kit. They're coming this way. Let's hear. You got a plan? No. <laughs> First of all, I need to know how much time we've got left. We're going to do Blaze and Two Rivers then, shall we? Yeah. Just Two Rivers then. Just two rivers. Yeah, great, yeah. Just you, two. How many times are you going round? I don't know, I'll cue you in. Okay. Two rivers, let's go. Well, that's what he said he's going to do, but is that actually what he does when he gets to the front of the mic? Let's find out.
you go. He said he was going to do two rivers. And he stuck to it. survived a gig at some altitude Denver is pretty high up or on the high plains we've all become high plains drifters slightly light-headed by the lower air pressure but you've been listening to the alarm entourage podcast with me Gareth Jones I'm now going to rest my weary recorder on the bus see ya